1: Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of. I am Jason, a guy who is not stuck in 1934 or whatever.
0: And I'm Billy. I'm a person in long-term recovery.
2: I'm Jenny. I'm also a person in long-term recovery.
1: And today we have Emily with us. Hi, Emily.
2: Hi, everyone. I'm Emily. I'm also a person in long-term recovery. Thanks so much for having me so excited to be
1: here. (laughs) So we're gonna we're gonna talk about a topic that a listener requested from us, which was the idea of updating the big book, which is the foundational literature for Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, So, you know, generally, probably on a really professional podcast, somebody would suggest "Hey, should we update the language of the big book and then you know, the hosts would like, thoroughly investigate and read the big book and see the consensus of the aa fellowship and get their opinion on it and what we did was uh we got people who have read the big book at some point in their life and we never have billy and i have never ever touched a big book
0: no i've been to a few aa meetings but i've never owned or really read i read sections of it
1: is it blue is it blue like the basic text? it is blue yeah. ah. it's because it wants to yeah. be red
0: <laughs> <Ba-boom>. <laughs>
2: that was a, that was a dad joke
1: do they say that in aa too
2: no i've never heard that that that's just a Jason <laughs> joke
1: that's because na is in 2022 <laughs> um so yeah so emily uh before we even get into the outdated completely literature uh of the big book why don't you tell us a little bit about your story and why you are here to help us
2: Absolutely, yeah. So um, my name is Emily. Um, I've been in recovery for about four years. Um, I got sober in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, At that time, it was, for me, it was post-college, binge drinking. Uh, Alcohol was my main drug of choice with some other little fun things sprinkled in there, let's just say, but mainly alcohol um and it was a lot of binge drinking blacking out on the weekends um just basically royally fucking up my life in every possible way and um uh, while i didn't have sort of like um a, a traditional like dui or jails or institutions anything like that um i had a whole lot of concerned people in my life and um i ended up getting sober through aa mostly um in Atlanta, and met met some really really great people there that I'm still friends with. Um, ended up moving to Boston two years later, uh, and I'm I'm still re- involved in several different sort of recovery circles here, including AA. And the reason that I'm on this podcast is essentially no other good reason than I harassed Jason on social media. So the moral of that story is if you want to get on a podcast, just Uh, harass the celebrity of your dreams and no but um, in all seriousness (laughs) thank you for letting me be here um i've i've been listening to this podcast since um around the pandemic i think and it got me through the darkest days of uh early 2020 there and um it's really really cool to to actually be here sitting with you guys
1: man see i was all in like total you know jackass snarky mode <laughs> and then you say something warm and like touches my heart and i'm like oh now i can't be fun
2: <laughs> <laughs> i feel free to bring it jason i can handle it
1: <laughs> now uh you know emily says harassed but but truthfully like um you know, there have been uh, a select few people who do listen and who are interested in the topics and who like the discussion and continue this kind of discussion with me, you know, outside of the, the podcast realm, just through the social media channels. And and I thoroughly enjoy it. So I don't consider it being harassed. I I've enjoy any feedback, input, conversation, topic. It's always enjoyable. So the big book that was written uh, you know i really feel like a fucking lame-ass host not even knowing what year it was written 34 39 39? oh shit i said 34 32 39, 39. okay yeah, like 39, 1939 right? yeah <laughs> that's like pre-black people can use the same water fountains as us like i mean yeah. this is like a ridiculously different time in our life i mean
0: yeah most women were stay-at-home yeah. moms and wives that didn't have career yeah yeah pregnant
1: and barefoot in the kitchen right um uh, it's just crazy to me i I am interested you said you you know mostly through aa what the hell does that mean
2: so i guess aa was like the go-to for me like when i first got sober it was like i didn't even really question other options it was just like that's what you do like if you have an alcohol problem you go to aa there's a meeting 10 minutes from my house okay great i'm going like that was basically how i got in. Um, and I will say like most of my early recovery and, and still recovery today does come from that. Um, but I did explore a little bit. I explored like refuge recovery. Um, I explored different podcasts, I explored, um, sober communities on Instagram. Uh, so I, I had a couple of different recovery circles, but, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit more. I would say AA was sort of the strongest one that I had.
1: Oh, Refuge Recovery. Were you one of Noah Levine's uh, special students? Oh, sorry. Uh,
2: I. <laughs> what? What? Say it again. I,
1: I I asked if you were one of his special students. Uh, there's oh. there's a reason Recovery Dharma split from Refuge Recovery that I like to
2: oh okay, joke about. Okay. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. See, I I will say I probably went to like five meetings talks or something like that, and I liked it a lot. I delved really into like the history of that or so i don't know gotcha. a whole lot about it but i trust you
0: <laughs> yeah yeah you know you have to a, be a recovery nerd to know uh, I,
1: of I don't even know if i know because i'm a nerd just jenny brought up the topic <laughs> yeah. so i explored it i was like hey this guy likes sex with women that's cool i do too like that's <laughs> yeah. awesome i felt like a kindred spirit uh, felt a little for well, yeah. like a recovery nerd because yes. i uh, know that's so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. that, yeah,
2: yeah yeah that would have been a good joke if i had uh, yeah yeah on. it's cool
1: um so a good
2: try <laughs> Why
1: did you move from the south to the north? I feel like people don't move all that often. Maybe that's just I don't ever move, but
2: <laughs> like that just seems weird. Yeah, I'm I'm from here. My partner and I moved uh, back, and um, uh, it, I went to grad school here. So, you know, just kind of a lot of people say that though they're like once i moved to the south like i have friends who went to the south for college and they just kind of never came back but um i guess i'm weird and i like the eight months of winter or something
0: Uh,
1: okay so somebody suggested to us this idea of should the big book be updated which i mean i joke about aa sucking all the time just as a joke because you know whatever helps people i don't really give a shit join a program that's great I love the fact that you pointed out that AA seemed like the default place to go because I feel like that's the understanding I have. And I think that's where a lot of my – it's not complaints against 12-step. It's complaints against uh, the way our recovery community is set up, right? I I feel like a lot of people today trying to follow – you know, the medical professionals and the science about the life-saving abilities of some other methods of recovery are struggling because they don't have a home base of recovery people to hang out with. And I feel like our 12-step fellowships, which have done incredible work for so many people, end up being the default and we need some other way to make that work. So I, I just, that was great that you said that. Um so somebody told us we should talk about the outdated language of the Big Book, which it's something you hear every so often. We did a AA episode, uh, and and you know some of the these and thous and and the the ways things are said and the analogies that are used or the the terms of speech, and and he was sharing them with us, and I was like, what in the fuck are you talking? About? Like I don't even understand that, right? right? And so it just really baffles me that they have decided never to update it to what feels like a readable version. Now, in doing some research, the very minimal research when I say (laughs) research, for this episode, there is not technically racism in the big book, but think about this from the place of, it's like if we discovered alien life tomorrow. The big book also does not say that, you know, Martians are less than, but it's, Because they don't know Martians exist. And I kind of feel like that's what was happening with minorities in 1939. It was like they're not even considered. It's not that it's not racist, it hasn't really (laughs) had the option to consider that idea. People who were considered were women. And that's a fun topic to talk about with the big book because there's a whole section about the wives of alcoholics. Because apparently, you know, if you have a vagina, you can't be an alcoholic yourself at the time they wrote
2: this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that particular topic there, I think we could talk for an hour about. Certainly, um, I guess is that where you, do you want to start with the four wives chapter? Should well, we go well, right into it, or so for anybody?
1: Let's 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 go here for anybody that has never ever read the big book, right? Let me just uh, read a little section of it for you, so you can get a little exposure to it. This happens to be. From the two wives section. Basically because that's the only portion of this book I've ever read. Just so I can make fun of it. Uh, So this is the section called two wives. And it's speaking to you. You vagina having non-alcoholic women. Who struggle with your alcoholic men. The problem with which you struggle. Usually falls within one of four categories. One. Your husband may be only a heavy drinker. His drinking may be constant. Or it may be heavy only on certain occasions. Perhaps he spends too much money for liquor. It may be slowing him up mentally and physically, but he does not see it. Sometimes he is a source of embarrassment to you and his friends. He is positive he can handle his liquor, that it does him no harm, that drinking is necessary in his business. He would probably be insulted if he were called an alcoholic. The world is full of people like him. Some will moderate or stop altogether, and some will not. Of those who keep on, a good number will become true alcoholics after a while. So, okay. I'm not going to read a whole lot more because that's boring as fuck. But anyway, the, the second type, uh, your husband is showing lack of control for he's unable to stay on the water wagon even when he wants to. The fucking water wagon? Come on, guys. Uh, three. This husband has gone much further than husband number two. Though once like number two, he became worse. Oh, my God. His friends have slipped away. Four. Four. You may have a husband of whom you completely despair. He has been placed in one institution after another. He is violent or appears definitely insane when drunk. Like nowhere in here are they like, get the fuck out if he's violent, right? Like they don't. And and even the fact. So for me, the mind blowing fact that we can, you know, oh, we can classify these male alcoholics in these four simple categories and then suggest to Mm -hmm. you what you should do about it. Uh, and, yeah. and they do after that. They tell you, "Let's go back to husband one." Oddly enough, he's often difficult to deal with. He, like whatever. They give you suggestions, you women, about how to deal with these specific four types of alcoholics. This is all so far from any science or, or modern understanding of people who struggle with addiction. Right? Uh, sorry. I, 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 I okay. I'll, I'll let you speak in one second. I swear to God. <laughs> it's just ridiculous to me, like, you know, especially with my understanding that addiction is not just this thing that like comes down from the sky and lightning bolts into certain people in their genetics or whatever. Like this is caused from life experience and people trying to find a way to cope and feel okay in their body. It's not it's a reaction to the way you feel just like gambling or shopping or anything else that we do in our life to try to feel okay. So to like specify these people and who can't stay on the water wagon and it's like what the fuck are we even talking about in this book i'm done go ahead
3: Maybe you thought you wouldn't have anything to talk about i know
1: so <laughs> get on my pedestal what you got oh somebody anybody Bueller? well you know what it's fun- so question i don't know <laughs> no was just, there no, was a lot i need didn't... to shut the fuck up
3: <laughs> uh you stunned us into silence yeah. um so this week i re-listened to the big book on audio i haven't because i haven't read it well, I've, I haven't read it cover to cover since the early days, and I haven't been to AA meetings for a while. Days. The early days, yeah. And um list you know, like some things get better over time, some things don't get better over time. Oh, and I, and how
1: surprising that the big book is not like fine wine.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> I think if I like if I went into recovery now, like for something else, you know, like I don't know, I can't get sober from alcohol again, but. If if I walked in, are you kidding?
1: <laughs> you just got to drink first.
3: <laughs> that's true. Um, going into AA with this book, I was much more tolerant of like this kind of stuff because I guess I was—I think I was sexist when I first came in. You know, I didn't even like women when I first came into AA, so I was very tolerant of this kind of stuff. But if I walked into AA now and I got like one glance at this, I'd be like, mm, I think I'm going to find a better way, <laughs> and that's probably why you know, I I have a whole lot of respect for AA because it's what got me sober. Like it really did save my life, you know, rehab and then AA saved my life. But I had to like, I just couldn't hang with this literature after like four years and I had to go find another way. Um, and it's funny because you were talking about how old this book is. We're coming up on like a hundred years. It's funny that my second program of choice is, is uh 2,600 years old. <laughs> I went for a really old literature. Like that's funny. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, I can read the big book now and appreciate it in a like classic literature way. Like, you know, like, the way I would like, oh, The Great Gatsby's fun. You know, like, <laughs> you know, they say things like, when I re-listened to it this week, they're talking about getting tight. That means getting drunk. <laughs> and I was Does like, what? I was like, why don't uh, we I talk that way that anymore? Yeah. Getting um, tight. But there's, like, these, like, old-timey expressions that they really distract me from the point. But, yeah. but I mean, I like it in a, like, a history way. And I just... I picture guys with like their pants way up here and like we're gonna go get tight tonight
1: like, <laughs> you make me want to relapse just so I can take that slang back out on the on the corner oh, like so y'all
3: getting tight today everybody tight
2: you know? I
1: mean,
3: I was starting to jot down some phrases but there's so many uh, can anybody tell me what a whoopie party is like I didn't
1: even go- <laughs> do they do I these remember all sit on whoopee cushions
3: <laughs> <No>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my seven year old would love that party if that's what they do <laughs> What what was I? If they all just walk around and sit on whoopee cushions,
3: (laughs) (laughs) could be. It was a different time. Technology's changed. Right, they
1: didn't have smartphones. They had to make fart noises for (laughs) entertainment.
3: Um, There is the very last story, and I forgot this. So, you know, there's two wives, but the very last story is like called "To the Lady Alcoholic." Do you remember (laughs) this, Emily? I do not. Please share. Okay, so, um, and I don't know if I wonder if this came out in like subsequent additions. oh i bet you know like maybe in the 70s women were like yo you know and so they put to the lady alcoholic but it's still very women are wives um you know there's no acknowledgement of like homosexuality it's like you are here to serve a man and if if you're not then you're nothing yeah what about to husbands it's all about nuclear family there's no like all there's no single women or anything it's like if you're not serving a family, forget it. You might as well drink yourself to death. You know.
1: So for context in that, this is, I believe, the fourth edition they're currently on. There has been updates to the stories in the back of the big book. It's not that they haven't ever changed the book itself, but the first 164 pages is what's supposed to be the classically part of the program, whatever the hell uh And that has not changed. But yeah, who's going to understand getting tight and whoopee parties and you know the fucking water wagon? Like, is that the only two options for drinks? Did they not have soda back then? What the hell? You couldn't get on the Coca Cola wagon? Like, god damn.
3: Oh, oh, they use the expression "Where's the pants?" Too that one grades off. Where's me. the like, pants? Where's the pants? Like, I know that's it like you know, like it was. It was in the context of like. What uh, does that even mean? You know, like you know to the wives like now you you women are probably used to wearing the pants since your husband's been drunk, but now that he's sober, he's back in charge. Holy shit, are you serious? Uh, Yeah. Jenny, you just made me
0: want to listen to the big book. I gotta (laughs) That's gonna be next on my audible list.
2: I mean, I will say, like, I have never met a woman in AA who doesn't just burst into flame whenever we read this aloud in a meeting. I think that it's, like, well accepted that the two wives trasher is pretty much just trash. So, I, you know, um, but I, I the, the host of this podcast didn't do any research, but I did a little bit of research <laughs> in the form of... Um, interviewing my friends and asking what if you could change anything about the big book what would it be well well, hold on emily
1: (laughs) before you go putting me down where's the pants that's all i'm saying
2: (laughs) i know nothing about the pants i i don't like this expression i'm going to ignore it pretend it's not in the book Let's see. I bet they probably
0: say chasing skirts somewhere
1: in that book. You know, when Jenny said, "Where's the pants?" All I could think of was like, your husband just walked in and you're sleeping with his best friend or something, and you both are like, "Oh my god, where's my pants?"
3: Different wears.
2: The responses I got were: I would change chapter eight to wives, so that it's something like letters to loved ones. It's not inclusive. Um, Take out the sexist language. Take out two wives and let's see what else add a chapter about 13 stepping we can talk about that too but that was also a suggestion but my point basically is like i think everybody is just in agreement that this chapter just sucks it's like absolute trash and you could pretty much just rip it out of the book and the book would still read normally um and i agree with you that other part too about like the four categories of drunks or whatever like there is absolutely nothing scientific about that doesn't make any sense um I don't know I don't know where they drew out these categories but if if you find out let me know
0: so and I did look a little bit at some of the history of the AA big book I guess it was originally written by Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob and the original 100 members I guess of roughly of AA that sort of sent some manuscripts back and forth and came up with this version of the book i guess the 140 64 pages is that before um, his
1: mushrooms or not <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh i i mean i can see a little bit of like that there is some historical relevance there like they sort of created this program and came up with this brand new idea of how to deal with at that time alcoholism um And it was a new thing, and there's a lot of history there. In in NA, we've done the opposite. Like, we've changed our basic text a bunch of times. We're on, like, version 6. And what's happened over time is pieces have been taken out, so you can go back and read. And, you know, at the time, they felt like it was good and inclusive, but it changed some of the meaning of some of the things, Um, our fifth Tradition, for example, used to be the only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop using. Now that's just been changed to a desire to stop using. So your desire to stop using could be, well, my wife's mad at me, so I'm going to maybe stop, you know, versus an honest desire, which has a different, you know, note to it. And, you know, things like that, those subtle changes over time you make one, then you make another one, then you make another one, and all of a sudden you have something different than what you started with.
1: That sounded like you were advocating that honest would be better.
0: Um I- I'm not gonna say better or worse, it just changes the intention. Hmm. You know, which once you start changing the intention of something You know, it's sort of like so. I look historically at like the Bible, like the Christian Bible. Like we know that's been translated into different languages over the thousands of years that it's been around. Some of the meanings have been changed. Some of the word, you know, the language gets changed around, and then it takes on a whole new meaning from what it was originally intended for.
1: Well, I guess I guess my beef with that is more like, how do you measure or judge an honest desire? Right. So like we we now have a basis for stigmatizing or belittling certain groups of people and saying, oh, well, your desire is not totally honest. Yeah,
0: and I'm not advocating just specifically for that. There's a bunch of other ones, too. I mean, that's just one. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Well, it it makes me
1: think of the true alcoholic, right? Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, either you feel like you have a problem with alcohol or you don't. Like, what is a true alcoholic? And are we belittling people for not being true alcoholics? Or are we holding others in higher esteem because they have recovered and they were true alcoholics or
0: sure. But as we open these programs up to more and more people and try to make them broader and broader to include everyone, maybe that has something to do with the failing success rate. Like Hmm. maybe that's why we don't succeed as well, because we've now opened it up to people. It really wasn't originally intended to help. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, that's all mental masturbation to think about, but it's like, if we, if we change things and make them different from what they were originally intended to and then say, Well, these things don't work or they're not as good as they should be.
1: So maybe AA really does only help old white dudes with red noses and shit. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe, maybe their they, success yeah. rate would be a hundred percent if they just had the guys from the VFW <laughs> yeah. and yeah, the right. Moose Lodge. Like <laughs> right. I don't know. I mean you make a point, but it's it's almost counter to the point we talked about before we started this episode because the next week's episode uh spoiler alert for everybody is about you know holistic or or bougie rehab environments and you know this idea that like the one thing they do i think get right is that they tailor make their program specifically for each person that comes in like i i think that makes a lot more fucking sense yeah, than me just here everybody eats beans and <laughs> potatoes every day and you'll all get us the same way but i i almost feel like that's a a lacking of the 12 step world if we
0: yeah but maybe if they were obviously as individualized i mean obviously as selective as they should be they would go away and other things would fill in their place it's like by trying to keep them around no you, we yeah. maybe aren't you know we aren't letting them die their own natural
1: death i like <laughs> that
0: so so one of the things you had just said emily
1: that that struck me as Maybe a key point to this is that the big book is so fucked up that there is a section called Two Wives that is obviously fucking ridiculous and insane at this point. Right. And because of that, we can't even move past that to get to the point of like well let's talk about the actual language and the rest of the book and if that makes sense in 2022 which it also right. does not but we can't even yeah, get right. there because this fucking book refuses to get rid of a section that is so ridiculous and like clownish that that's going to be everybody's first reaction and where we all want to go
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that that is the first reaction i think it's like the two wives section let's get that out first um I don't know, I mean, I kind of feel two ways about this because I think that like my very first reaction and I think a lot of people's first reaction to coming into AA and starting to read this text is like, this is BS, why am I even in this program? Why am I wasting my time reading this book? Um, And does, does that kind of, does that kind of attitude of we should just throw out the whole thing Get in the way of taking the good parts from it. So that's like the first question there. Hmm. Um, what I are had the good question, parts? But I don't remember. <laughs> what well, are the
1: good parts of the big book?
2: I think that, I mean, this, this is going to bleed a little bit into your conversation about sort of just the benefits of AA and doing the stuff that you were talking about last week. But I mean, I think that like for me, I'll just speak from my experience, like, I've, I've gone through this several different times with several different sponsors. And I think that um, every time my brain was kind of like a hammer looking for a nail, which was the uh, sexist language or outdated language or like whoopee parties or like (laughs) things that didn't make sense generally. Um, I just, I wasn't getting any of the message, any of you know, like the, what the steps were trying to tell me, I was kind of just focusing on that. And I was using it as a way to not work on my recovery at all. So that was a trap that I fell into when I over-criticized this book. At the same time, I think that we have to criticize it because I think that if you're not able to laugh at it, if you're not able to point out what's wrong with it, um, I don't know, you're also not really being honest with yourself. And so I've found a lot more nuance now in what people think about this book, mm. uh, especially opinions in AA versus just like, it's the Bible, read it. Like you'll get sober off this book alone. No, you won't. I really don't believe that. Um, but I do call it my Bible and I'm not religious at all, Ooh. but I just, it feels, it feels like, I'm like, I got to get my Bible out of my book because it's like my little like way of poking at the fact that it's culty. So yeah.
1: <laughs> is is that language from the two wives section? It, is it like, if you're looking to get nailed, you need to get your hammer sober. Or is that...
2: <laughs> no, it, it, it
3: could fit right in there. <laughs> yeah. Jason doesn't know about page 69 in the big book. Do you oh, it's yeah? about sex. Okay. Yeah. Right. He doesn't know about that.
1: There's one thing the big book got right. Page 69 <laughs> is about sex and nothing could make more sense to me. Um I, I'm i just, yeah, I'm sorry. I can't get past the two wives section. Even sitting here, it's like kind of on my screen, and I'm looking at it, and it's like, uh the first principle of success, you wives, is that you should never be angry. Even though your husband becomes unbearable, and you have to leave him temporarily, and you should, if you can, go without rancor. I don't even know what the fuck rancor is. Patience and good temper are most necessary. Our next thought is you should never tell him what he must do about his drinking. <laughs> If he gets the idea that you are a nag or a killjoy. Holy fuck. <laughs> you fucking nags and killjoys. I, I don't maybe I like this book. I don't know. I'm going to give it to my wife.
2: Oh my god. <laughs> no, it's
1: uh I mean it's just so to me it's so problematic in these ideas. And and I don't think it's actually even at least in this section again, I have not read the entire book, so, you know, a little uh disclaimer there i don't think the information in this book is good information in this section at least i'm like some of the things it talks about in this to wives and i I don't remember them specifically when i tried to read through it but they're like i'm like you're setting women up to get abused and and fucking you know with some of your advice or suggestions in here i don't think this is good shit for 2022 at all
0: yeah has there been a movement to change this to get it out of the. i actually book. did look
1: up to i'd look some of that up um and apparently there is a lot of belief in. you know it's it's very much like there's people who want to make change to these first 164 pages the problem everybody comes to that is as soon as they agree that yes there probably should be some change to it they all just kind of divulge into like, oh, my God, can you imagine trying to have group conscience and what we're going to change and what we're not going to change and how long this fucking process would be and how nobody would ever agree on what needs to stay and what needs to. Go? So they just kind of give up before they start.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah,
3: I say if it doesn't change, it's going to be gone. Like, I, I really think the the way the world's going right now, if the big book doesn't change, it's not going to be around in 50 years except museums. You know, Well, and that's what came, the Internet doesn't go.
1: Right. I mean, that's what came up for me when Billy was talking about the history of it. I'm like, you know, OK, I get it as a historical text. And, and I'm, I didn't pick up on it when you said it, but you said something similar. Like, I enjoy that era it's from. Right. Yeah. And so when Billy was sharing that, I was like, yeah, OK, well, that makes sense. And, and keep it. And, you know, Maybe not in the AA museum, museum, museum. God, I feel like I can't (laughs) say the word. Anyway, yeah, not there. (laughs) But like maybe you still sell it and, and, you know, people can look at it for interest or, you know, it's like a AA history book, right? You can go online
0: now and get the old versions of the N.A you can buy yeah. them people collect them and trade them like right but know, that doesn't mean you can't right? update it as well <laughs> for
1: people coming in i mean you know like emily was saying if you're getting sidetracked and, and you said this too jenny if you guys get sidetracked in the fucking language and like like if i read this i'm like what the fuck is ranker like i don't even i gotta go look that shit up like i get a
3: you don't remember the rancor from Return of the Jedi?
1: I do, yeah. but I don't think they're talking about a beast <laughs> that you ride. He was in uh, he was in Boba Fett, too. Um, Way to be a spoiler. If <laughs> a <sense. laughs> oh, if you ha- sorry. If you haven't seen Boba Fett, he's not in there. I was kidding. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. But, but I mean, like, I would get so lost. I'd be like, what in the fuck is a whoopee party? And, you know, what are they talking about wearing the pants in 2022? And it just wouldn't make any sense. I literally thought you meant where's the pants? Like you couldn't find them. By the way, (laughs) sorry. It's fucking early on a Sunday morning.
3: I should have gotten you that coffee when I went upstairs. Yeah.
0: (laughs) This episode has been brought to you in part by Voices of Hope Inc., a nonprofit recovery organization made up of people in recovery, family members, and allies. Together, members strive to protect the dignity of those that use drugs and those in recovery by advocating for treatment, harm reduction and support resources, and mentoring. Please visit us at www.voicesofhopemaryland.org and consider donating to our calls. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg.
2: In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing, whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker.
3: Um, Hey, so I'll pull us out of this Two Wives conversation. Um, Emily said she's not religious at all. So what do you think about the um, design for living here? It's super Christian-based, but what do you think, Emily?
0: Yeah, again, they don't even talk about other types of God. It's like, you can have your own God as long as you're a Christian. (laughs) (laughs) As long as he looks like Jesus. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Let me say that there is a line in we agnostics that I think is like the biggest example of like why AA is a cult. So and I when I say it's a cult, like I say that kind of like lovingly too, because like I still sort of believe in AA, but um but uh this is what I think. So it's the piece about electricity. So um Oh <laughs> it's com- so <laughs> it's comparing um our faith in like electricity and like technology and things like that to believing in a higher power. So it says, um, nevertheless the 20th century readily accepts theories of all times provided they're grounded in fact. We have numerous theories, for example, about electricity. Everybody believes them without a murmur of a doubt why this ready acceptance. Um, and then let's see. Okay. So when, when however, the perfectly logical assumption is suggested that underneath the material world and life as we see it, there is an all powerful guiding creative intelligence right there, a perverse streak comes to the surface. So I have always hated this part because you are comparing something that actually does have an explanation although i probably can't tell you what it is a scientific reasoning <laughs> yeah i started laughing that, before you're finished because no.
3: i remember i think at one point it's like electricity nobody knows how it works i'm like yes we do. <laughs> yeah.
2: yes. yes so like you compare that on this page to believing in a higher power like that logic just doesn't light up and that was like the first time i read this it was probably like two or three weeks sober honestly and was like all right this is just a bunch of bs because no that is not a good comparison at all so yeah the higher power question I think is tough um I've I've the the book leaves it vague but has like a very Christian I guess flavor to it if you want to call it that it's kind of been like soaked in it a little bit actually. Um, so I I don't know. For me, like I've always sort of said, because you know, when you do the steps, you sort of you have to come up with some kind of higher power, something that works for you. So like I have always said nature, um, you know, like being by the ocean, being being in the woods, things like that, and just kind of feeling grounded and connected more than I don't know, religious, I guess. But I've had to twist it, too, (laughs) because for me, like, I imagine if you have like a very clear conception of God or higher power, this part is relatively easy to you. But for me, I had to twist things around in my mind a little bit.
1: I've heard that the the distinction a lot of times between the the AA versus NA, whereas NA seems to be more open to the idea of not having this, this Jesus God mostly um and i say that i'm sure it varies from area to area and and region to region and i get that right but generally what i've heard is aa is much more christian specific and you're much more likely to hear that in a meeting
0: they say the lord's
1: prayer yeah yeah so i mean that's a that's a dead giveaway right we're not about religion but if you don't want to go to hell um (laughs) pray with us but yeah so even though NA has this like much more accepting attitude in word toward this idea, I honestly don't think in like the feel of NA, it really feels that much different. It's still this kind of idea of like, if it ain't Jesus, something's wrong with it. Um, and, and it's, it is kind of baffling for me because we, you know, say all the time that you don't have to believe in, in a God or a specific God to, make it work and yet i mean even i'm looking at this two agnostic section or whatever the hell we agnostic section of, of the big book and actually we were fooling ourselves for deep right. down and every man <laughs> woman and child is the fundamental idea of god and i'm like right. and it's a, it's like you know for faith in a power greater than ourselves and miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are facts as old as man himself and i'm like what?
0: It basically says you're wrong. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> like, hey, you agnostic. You're wrong. Right. Yeah.
3: It, in the whole agnostic section it, it like it says like it's addressing it to you, but it, it almost gives like step by step instruction on how to entice the agnostic to Christianity. It's like, yeah, let's let's manipulate the non-believers into believing in Christian God. And that will save you. twist
0: your thinking just a little bit. It's it
1: it says right in this book, you will read the experience of a man who thought he was an atheist. (laughs) Like (laughs) it's basically telling you that's not the way to come to recovery (laughs) is to be an atheist. It's not going to work for you. And uh, I don't know. I think in 2022, we have a very different understanding of, of God in our society. Slowly. Slowly. There's still a lot of, you know, Christian stuff that penetrates our morals and values on a daily basis, but it's more open.
0: Yeah. And not just that. I mean, we're have more access to worldly things now. So we experience all kinds of different religions and philosophies than they probably had access to in 1939. So, you know, the ideas and concepts that we have around even different organized religions is completely different.
1: I mean, they could update this book and say, no one knows how the internet works. Information just gets passed through <laughs> <Right>. the airwaves.
2: <laughs> well, how would that fly. go? Yeah. <laughs> right. <To> Gen Z. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. I it, it definitely has like a white colonizer vibe a little bit. Um, and that was something that bothered me a lot at the beginning, too. I will say, like this one, first of all, I think there's regional differences. When I was in the Bible Belt felt this a lot more than I do living in Boston but um I will say that this chapter is one where the the preachy cultiness seems more to be in the text than in the attitudes of um members of AA I've I've had sponsors over the years who are like okay like you can make your higher power arch like whatever you can make it the sky like I really don't care it doesn't have to be this and I've met a lot of other um agnostics and you know, atheists but agnostics and aa let's say that so yeah you can
1: make your higher power a light bulb or electricity because we don't understand the doorknob
2: that. that opens up the treatment center whatever yeah. You do, like, well, yeah
3: there's a group around here there's an atheist aa group and i I never went so i you know people are taking matters into their own hands
1: hmm. or they're Absolutely. just angry and bitter and had a coffee pot <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you know what like then maybe that works for them too like if you form like your own little thing over here it's functioning for you just as well as aa is so who cares
1: i'm still waiting to hear these good quotes from the aa literature <laughs> like the useful pieces i i don't know it just, I just i feel like this is more so in the little bit of exposure of reading a few of these pieces and from talking to people You know, Lewis, when he was on... Oh, and I do want to mention, since you you brought it up, we did an episode a long fucking time ago about whether 12 Steps were a cult. Uh, And and yeah, I I do kind of think they're a cult. There's no room for questioning them or (laughs) second-guessing them. And it's like, believe what we say because we believe what we say, regardless of what you think.
0: Uh, (laughs) Or evidence to the contrary. Yeah,
1: yeah. Ignore all scientific evidence. This is just what we do. Um, But I, I... I get the idea that this is written more as a narrative story, which I find kind of fascinating because I feel like the the NA main piece of literature, which they call the basic text, I guess, because the big book was already taken, is more like a study guide kind of thing. It's more like a if you were to read a self-help book or something like that, it's sort of laid out in like... These are things that can work to help you, and these are practices you might want to try. Whereas, I feel like the big book is more like, "Hey, here's a story about how I did this, and it might work for you as well." And that's weird to me.
3: Yeah, it is a lot of yeah. like uh, Bill W. Saying how awesome he is. I had a, like because there's there's Bob, and I got, I got lost for a minute. But um, but yeah, it is kind of a lot of him. Like, this is how awesome I am like he must have had this really great ego. And it's funny, I've thought about like the big book is kind of like refuge recovery and it's a more personalized tale and it has the stories in the back. Mm-hmm. And then recovery dharma is more like a study guide, no stories in the back. A- Emily, what do you think about the stories in the back? Useful, not useful?
2: <laughs> to be honest, um I haven't I I read some at the beginning. I haven't read a whole lot lately because I feel a lot more benefit, like listening to somebody's personal story in a meeting or something like that, but um, sure, yeah, I think if like somebody's opening this book for the first time, maybe I would say, read the stories in the back first before you get into like all the crazy lingo, yeah, that's but, a good way to approach it, yeah,. That's-
1: that's how I felt yeah. about the stories in the back of the basic text. Cause even though it's more of a study guide, it does have stories in the back. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. And when I first came into recovery, I remember like sitting on the toilet with nothing to do. We didn't have phones back then. Um, and so I was just like flipping through and I read a couple stories and I was like, oh, I can relate to these. It's so nice. Um, but yeah, I never read no, them all. You don't need to read it. Yeah. <laughs> I never read them all. And I definitely at some point thought, this is dumb. I can go to a meeting and hear somebody say this. <laughs> like, I don't need to read.
3: Yeah, it's so frozen in time. Like that, those stories need to be more fluid. And I guess that's maybe where the grapevine comes in. Like you can have more modern tales.
1: Right. I, I definitely think when I read, and, and they've been updated since then. I don't know which ones they kept and got rid of, but in the NA basic text, when I read those stories, they were like well before my time. They were like biker people who were doing uh, talking about doing quaaludes, <laughs> quaaludes, and, and what's what's the uh, the embalming fluid shit. Oh, uh, I never messed with that. The, it was formaldehyde. God. Yeah, but, but what's it? God damn! I feel like such a terrible drug addict right I now. I can't even think of the fucking names <laughs> well, of we drugs. Using drugs practice, in practice. the sixties and seventies. The green 70s. greeners or whatever. The green stuff. Yeah, yeah. smoking yeah. green. Anyway, uh, and I was like, I can't relate to any of that. And then somebody else was writing about like the only NA meeting in the world because they were the person yeah. who was going to the first NA meeting. I'm like, I yeah, I couldn't relate to the the stuff, but just the feeling was was okay.
3: I wonder if we updated the big book like we the four of us would we change it from uh just alcoholics to include drug addicts or should if the big book is updated you know miraculously should it include addicts
1: that's a really good question it made me think of when emily was saying uh that she had you know a few little other things on the side along with her alcoholism yeah you know i was like huh i wonder if she's allowed to share about that
0: well, it amazes me. I mean, we did our episode with Lewis about that specifically, and I've talked to some other people since that come out of a treatment center, have problems with addiction, and go to AA. And I can't—that baffles me. I don't understand that at all. But I—I I mean,
1: I get it, buddy. We're on the same page <laughs> yeah. on that one.
0: <laughs> like, why would you go to a program that just talks about one drug when you know you have a problem with other ones? But you know, people seem to like it, and it works. You literally shot heroin. And talking to Lewis, like there seemed to be a little bit of conflict within the fellowship itself about that. Like what whether it should or shouldn't be doing that.
2: I think that's super interesting. I've I've definitely met a lot of people over the years whose primary drug of choice was not alcohol and yet they're in AA and they're like, I just like it so much better. I like the people here better. I don't know what to say. And so like when they share it's not like it's not like you're not allowed to talk about other drugs but like you just want to keep everything kind of vague like my other drug of choice actually when people are sharing stories like they will say like uh I do struggle with things besides alcohol but like this is an AA meeting so I'm just gonna say like my drug of choice or my substance of choice and I don't really have an opinion on that I think you should be able to say whatever you want and if somebody gets triggered by that, that they can take that up with their sponsor. But like, I, I think you should be able to say whatever, you know? So you got to talk the way the cult makes you.
0: Well, I mean, and for me it all, and this is just as a drug right. addict thinking this way, like it had more to do with, I can say that I'm sober and not drink alcohol, but I can go smoke weed or do something else. And I'm still sober, you know, I'm still well, haven't picked up def- alcohol, but people I'm definitely smoking did that weed every day. <laughs> like that's different, yeah. you know?
2: Yeah.
1: How many people have you met in your travels that only drank alcohol and never, ever, ever took a pill or anything else?
2: My current sponsor is, she's been sober for thirty something years. She yeah, got she's sober ninety. Really, really.
1: <laughs> Sorry,
2: she got sober really young, and she. Um, she was, she's like, I was just never interested in anything else. I was like, did you smoke cigarettes? And she was like, no, <laughs> like yeah, literally I, nothing else ever.
1: I feel like that accounts for like 1% of the AA population <laughs> rate.
2: I, I met this woman. It was so fascinating um, at a meeting and she had never had a problem with any other substances. She never did anything but drank wine. And then at like age 65, she just like, Went like really overboard with wine and just started like drinking every day for like two weeks or something like that. And then she joined AA and was like, I am an alcoholic. Like this is where I meet. I, I, I'm supposed to be. And I'm, it was so interesting to me because she'd never had a problem ever before. Um, I, I would see that as like, maybe that was like a little two week blip, but she loved AA so much that she just kept coming back, kept coming back. So you do find people like that, but they're few and far between.
1: She was lonely. I've met some people. I've met some people in NA, and I'm like, you did. I don't think you ever did drugs. You just don't have friends.
3: You're not a true alcoholic. Seriously, a
0: cult to get involved with. Yeah, seriously, you're just bored. Lucky David Koresh wasn't around.
3: (laughs) Well, I mean, twelve steps is good for like any mental health thing. So, oh, for sure. You know, if if you can bend your mind enough to like, you know, deal with the language and stuff, you can you can apply the lessons to your own mental health issues even if it's not addiction
1: when i was trying to find if there was racist language in the big book i came across racist anonymous i thought that was fascinating
2: i didn't that's, know that. that's was a real sad. thing
1: that is apparently a real thing maybe maybe they meet on the same corner as the the kkk meetings <laughs> <laughs> they're like across the street like I mean, yeah,
3: Protesting. racists already in the in their basements, you know, and like, you know, hiding out, like, and then they're going to hide out in a church basement or a different place. I'm just trying to picture the kind of people that would go yeah. there.
1: So when, when we, when we give the idea that like some people who were just heroin, IV heroin users go to AA and like it better which is i get i get it billy i'm like (laughs) what the fuck i think it has to do with the people
3: it's just
0: confusing yes yes.
1: and there is there's memes about this right i love them uh where you know the aa person looks one way and the na person looks a different way and i get it i (laughs) I do kind of believe and i'm sure again this changes from area to area but i do believe there's kind of a distinction right you know we we over here in our na world have like the previous hookers and prostitutes and people tattoos, who tattoos earrings. crazy <laughs> hair whatever right and and aa's more of the clean cut professional you vibe and- right, right right
0: you guys just didn't make yeah. any money you were just drunk <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. talking about your speakeasies right. You? <laughs> <laughs> yeah right right speakeasies and whoopie parties
1: getting it in over there uh yeah but but I I, I I gotta say, and this is maybe my shit. Um, I kind of feel <laughs> this is fucked up. But I'm like, yeah, people who are more comfortable in AA don't like minorities. I'm like, oh, that's why you end up in AA because you like white people. <laughs> that's what the fuck you're there for. I, I feel like it's code word. And, and I'm not saying I'm not saying people who drank and went to AA like that's where you would obviously go if you drank. You would go to Alcoholics Anonymous, but if you're a heroin addict going to AA and saying you like it better, I'm like, oh, you're a fucking racist. Wow. <laughs> I know.
3: I know that, you were scared huh? to say that, but I am going to back you up a little bit. So, <laughs> Well, because when I the part of the reason why I left regular attendance of AA was because when the Trump era came in, all the old white dudes started getting empowered and there was more <laughs> sexist language in the mm. meetings, um, oh, more bigoted language and like one guy even followed me out to my car and told me why I should vote for Trump, and I was like, mm. oh, and they start, they drop, you know how I'm sensitive about the R word? They they were, and they know my daughter is disabled, and they made, like, uh, jokes oh. about, mm. you know, and I, so I started making my way out of there, mm. and uh, so when you talk about racists having a safe haven in AA, that was the flavor I was getting in my meetings, and it, once I was, like, sober and uh, taking better care of myself and, you know, I guess- just started following. It was less people pleasing. I was like, you know what? I don't have to hang out with you guys anymore. And I, that's why I left regular tents of AA. Screw you guys. I'm but again, home. it has to do with the people.
0: Like, so, Yeah, that's definitely yeah. this era. Yeah. I mean, this area. I'm sorry. Yeah.
3: I mean, I'm Is sure it? AA around the planet isn't well, I mean, just I like Cecil this County. section where I was. Yeah.
1: I don't I know. I, when I picture AA, I definitely have this vision. And I didn't pick this vision up in Cecil County. This was my vision from Baltimore City of like, old white dudes with 30 years clean with, with a bunch of fucking opinions and you know not an open mind whatsoever like that's exactly what i picture of who's running running quotes uh aa from the top down at the meeting level is these people are like the the senior mentors of aa and i'm but like i
0: would think if you went to uh I don't know, a university town and went to an AA meeting with a bunch of old white dude academics that were more liberal minded, you would they would yeah. still be a bunch of old white dudes. They would just have different opinions. Fuck. It sounds like a road trip, Billy. I want to <laughs> test that theory out. Well, Newark is only I ten know, minutes away. I we know. could go to an AA meeting in Newark.
2: <laughs> I don't I was gonna say I don't think I go to any meetings with old white dudes. I have in the past. Like I used to love clubhouses. Clubhouses were like my jam at the beginning but now it's just like young people and women's meetings so yes like that side of it exists but there's also so much outside of that image too but i get what you're saying
1: so going back to this question about should if they were to update the big book should it include language about other endeavors in substance use would they have to change the name? I feel like it would be fucking stupid to be Alcoholics Mm -hmm. Anonymous and then talk about all substances in your literature. That's just me because I'm very black and white and I'm probably that old white dude.
3: Well, (laughs) sometimes acronyms have been like updated. Like, All right, so the Associated of Retarded Citizens, they changed it to the ARC. They didn't, you know, because of the updated language. So maybe it could just be AA, you know, and like... We, like, the YMCA doesn't go by Young Men's Christian
1: Academy. Oh,
3: yeah, my sense. wife makes yeah, a joke. Yeah, so they joke. just call it YMCA now, or the Y. They right. updated it to, like, reflect the
2: modern. But, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. But my
0: wife makes a joke all the time. Like, they would have called N.A. Addicts Anonymous, but the letters are already taken. So you could right. just call it Addicts yeah. Anonymous. <laughs>
2: like... There you go. Yeah. Yeah. There's something really interesting about, like, like alcoholic is not a... Medical term. It's not a term in the DSM. It's alcohol use disorder. But like, by I think like there's a lot of people in AA that like love using this term alcoholic because it's like there's this like badge of honor kind of like I'm an alcoholic. I I, I get to say that I am. So I think it's I think people really like that term. I think like people would miss it. Be more inclusive. Like 100% addicts and alcoholics Anonymous. AAA. Triple A. Sure. <laughs>
0: Well, and it's almost like the, the differences of the fellowship. Like when you say you're an addict in Narcotics Anonymous, like that has a certain connotation or a certain, you know, image behind it. Right. Like, whereas if you say you're an alcoholic, that seems to be a step above, <laughs> like, you know, like that's a step up. The tears. The te- <laughs> right. Not,
1: not not crying tears. The the other, you know, classes, <laughs> whatever, subdivisions. Um, So – There is actually, and I found this while I was uh, doing my minimal research. There is somebody from AA who wrote like a modern language version of this. I don't know what year it was, so it might not be that modern anymore, (laughs) right? Uh, But apparently they updated some of the lingo and everything, and it's like the easy to read big book or something. And I thought that was interesting. One, that it exists as a thing. But two, that somebody from AA decided they were gonna make money off of this, which was fascinating to me that they didn't get sued or Wow. I don't know.
0: Yeah, you would think they would yeah, there's still time. go after copyright. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wonder you're...
2: if they're
3: having meetings with it. Like I wonder if there's like places around the country having meetings with that book.
1: I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. ran into an uh, argument online about whether you actually only are allowed to use Uh, conference-approved literature in our meetings or not, like whether that's actually a rule or not. And that was kind of an interesting read that I probably could have spent better time researching this, but I ended up reading that for an hour instead because I was just interested by it. So if they were to update it, obviously, okay, the the agnostic section doesn't seem to really fit what we're trying to say as the message of 12-step. The two wives section obviously has to go Of the other sections, do they try to do like a modern English translation like they've done with the Bible where they have like contemporary English version or something? Or do they literally just look at the information and then reframe the whole thing as more of a study guide?
3: I hope the word yeet is in the new edition.
1: (laughs) When you come to the end of your use of alcohol, please yeet your alcohol out into the street. (laughs) They should write it like Dr. Seuss. I eat my alcohol into the street. (laughs) Anyway.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm not, I'm not sure what I think about this because I feel like, I don't know, so many times in the past I've found sort of like other books, other podcasts or other, other literature that I'm like, this makes so much more sense than the big book. And I guess like, I just keep coming back to like, why? So why why are we holding on so tightly to it? Um,
0: nostalgia. I, mean, I don't know what we got an nostalgia. episode of that too.
2: <laughs> People please I was, Yeah. I was thinking a little bit like you guys were talking last time about the importance of having structure and so maybe there's something there and like I don't know, your guest was talking a little bit about like how it's it's easier when you have like a a guide for living. It's not like this is the only the only the only way the one way but i wonder if that's why it stayed just because it's like really familiar and comforting to people i don't know i don't have like a whole bullet point list of reasons of like this is why it's an amazing book and this is why it should stay but i feel like there's something there because people are (laughs) clinging on to it so much you know
0: well there is something to be said for i mean just the difficulty of changing it and this is again all nerd NA history stuff but like there's a bunch of controversy in our fellowship over changes that have been made to the basic text over time and whether they're actually fellowship written because they weren't sent out to the groups in enough time for the groups to review them Mm. so they were written by professionals and so there are certain meetings that don't use certain literature or they use old versions of the basic text and want to branch off and I mean it just seems a little crazy to me but All those things exist because we've undertaken this process of rewriting our literature over time, and someone in a giant worldwide fellowship is not fucking happy and throws a fit about it. So there is something to be said for the difficulty of trying to rewrite a piece of literature that exists and try to get the input of millions of people.
3: (laughs) But we can do hard things, Billy.
0: You know, I agree. (laughs) Billy
1: actually suggested for this episode that it would make sense to have someone who— thought we should definitely update the big book. And then someone who was a staunch supporter of not changing it, which sounded like a great idea, but I didn't really want to talk to that person.
2: <laughs> right? Cage match. Right. Right. That um, would be a good conversation though. I would. That would be very interesting. You should it, do that.
1: It would, but I feel like it, it was always going to be lopsided because it would, def, I mean, I definitely think it should be updated.
2: <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be a witness to that. Absolutely. I think a, a good heated debate with Jason, that sounds great. I just,
1: I don't know. Like, I'm looking at reasons why people would be against it and trying to fathom that in my head. I mean, I get reason number one, people struggle with change. That is obviously a thing that gets talked about in NA, probably AA, all the time. Like, we hate change. We don't like it. And that's everybody. That's not just people yeah. in our fellowships. Um And, and I find this kind of to be a problem all the time in our own fellowship right for sure we right. like we don't want to change we don't want to grow we this don't is wanna, just the
0: way we've been doing it
1: right <laughs> we do it this way because it works this way well right. maybe it works better another motherfucking way guy
0: come on relax
1: um but i i, I would say too like the only thing i can come to it, it is just this idea of like it's worked it's worked since the beginning and saying broke don't fix it like There's no need to nostalgia holding on to it for like, I don't think anybody would literally come on here and argue that they think it would not be more helpful to have some other version of this written. Right. And and honestly, the more we talk about it, I don't think that is an updated version of this big book. I think that's a whole new fucking book. Because I don't think updating this is really going to be that helpful. I think the reason you don't have bullet points about all the good parts of it is because they don't fucking exist. Mm-hmm. I
2: mean, there mm-hmm. might be some
1: good ideas in there, but not enough that where it's like, oh, we should translate this into modern language or we should, you know, try to capture. Like, no, let's just take the good ideas of 12 step fellowshipping
0: and write a new goddamn book,
1: because this is. I'm gonna to
0: listen to the book. Make some fire. bullet points for you of some good points. You should do that. <laughs> I'd that actually I be interested. So I I can't say there's any. Maybe there's none. Maybe you know. I'll have two.
3: <laughs> Russell Brand did a twelve step book. I can't remember which one it was. was uh, it Revolution. Uh, Russell Brand. You can't. Oh, but he. No, but he had like a. He had like a good modern take on the twelve steps, and I thought it was really good.
1: I uh, know. You guys I, are
3: both rolling your eyes. I think he's yeah. great.
1: I do kind of like, like him, it. but like. I listened to his book, one of his books, for free on YouTube when somebody posted mm-hmm. it, and then they took it down because he wants to make money off of all his stuff. Yeah. And that
0: kind of bothers me. Oh. Um, yeah, the money thing like, gets me, too, with people. Right.
1: Oh, you're a helpful recovering guy. You want to help us. Oh, for 19.99. 99 Gotcha. Right.
0: And it's not that you, hey, go make all the money you want, but you should have it for free, too, for the people that don't want to pay. But Whatever.
1: I'm just noticing that there is a little quote written on our wall that says, be the hammer, not the nail, (laughs) which is hilarious. Clearly, I could
2: see that when I was speaking about that example. (laughs) Right, Um,
1: right. No, Jenny, when you said it was funny that uh, you didn't want to listen to an 83-year-old piece of literature, but a 2,600-year-old piece of literature made more sense, like, that actually makes sense to me. Like, if you think about it, nobody wants to listen to old people. Like, if some 83-year-old motherfucker came in here and told us how we had to do this podcast or if we should update the big book or not, we'd be like, get the fuck out of here, old dude. We don't care what you think. But if a 2,600-year-old motherfucker walked (laughs) in here, we'd all be listening and be like, wow. (laughs) That'd be wild, right?
2: Is is that the reason why? I don't
1: know. I'd be like, dude, if you're 2,600, you got some information. Like, you know something.
3: The Buddha was really progressive for his time. Like, he wanted women in his sangha. Or he invited, you know not wanted we'll say he he welcomed. <laughs> I mean,
1: Noah Levine <laughs> yeah. wanted women yeah, in right. his song too. A lot of women in there,
3: uh, but he welcomed women in his song, which was not heard of in that time. And he, so I mean, there you go. He was progressive first time. He
1: was the first liberal. Um. <laughs> so yeah, uh, what do we ultimately think? Right, not that we couldn't uh, have more fun conversation for hours, but we do have to wrap up time wise. What do we think? I mean, I personally came into this knowing, yes, I think this shit should be updated. I'm not even in a goddamn program, and I feel bad for people who have to read this. Like, this just sounds like torture to me. Like, I I struggle with old-timey language at times, and, and especially, I believe, the way it's been told to me, there's parts of this that actually get confusing just because of the language and not like whoopee parties like the if it says thee or thou or it says things, you know, kind of like Yoda ish in a backwards way. Uh, especially
3: like, if you're newly sober, it's really
1: right. My brain's already yeah. fucked <laughs> yeah. up. Like so <laughs> I already oh, knew up. Up. <laughs> that I was on board with like, yeah, fuck it. Update it. I think now I've learned that I don't wanna update the actual book. I think they should just write a new one because it would make more sense. But where's their bell stand? What do you all think?
3: I think change or die. That's Ooh. I think I think it's gonna be gone. If it doesn't change, it's gonna be gone. Change yeah, I mean, you I felt like the you
0: program was, was for my, whatever, when I first got clean, that it was dated and the literature was terrible anyway, like, because in treatment, we got exposed to both versions, you know, mm-hmm. AA and N-A, and I was just like, that's for old white people, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> and this is for me, and I ended up in N-A, so.
1: Emily?
2: If, if I just read this book without ever getting a sponsor, without ever meeting anybody else in recovery I would probably throw it out the window honestly Mm. um but but I think that I don't know I I still like I still go back to my question of like why do we keep it in meetings and is there some benefit there so I'm gonna do some more thinking about this maybe I'll write into the podcast but I obviously I think we can rip out to why. (laughs) Done. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, I'm down with that. And 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 who knows? Maybe you come across some really interesting information where we want to, like, rehash this topic at some point. I'm mm-hmm. always up for that if there's new stuff to debate about. Um, how old are you, Emily?
2: I'm 29.
1: Okay. So, uh, listen, Recovery World, a 29-year-old thinks that if they stumbled across this literature without any other guidance or fellowshipping or... or helpful people around to help them understand how the program worked that it would be fuckling fuckling (laughs) (laughs) fucking useless right and i would disagree about that as much you know complaining or beefing as i do on here with my own fellowship i do think if you just read the basic text and didn't have anybody around to explain it to you or talk to you about it i think it's a useful book i think it's a lot of good good shit in it so I I would question that about my fellowship, right? If I'm a guy in AA, maybe I don't need to hold on to like, this is just the fucking way we do it. And it's right because it's in AA and I'm in AA. And maybe question that. Like, how fucking useful is this book for people walking in the door? Is this really helping the newcomer anymore? Or is this something that stands in the way of them really grasping what this program is about? Maybe that's the question to ask yourself when you're thinking about whether it needs to be updated. Emily. Thank you so much for taking time to come on with us today and the time you took to do some more research about the book, to pull out some of this crazy shit they say. It's been great having you.
2: Thank you all so much for having me. It's been awesome.
0: Thank you. Fun talk.
2: Thanks, Emily. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys.
1: Did you like this episode? Share it with people you think might get something out of it. Check out the rest of our episodes at recoverysortof.com. Also, while you're there, you can find ways to link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, anything. We're always looking for new ideas. Got an idea you want us to look into? Reach out to us.